cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 3rd, 2008. I always tell people who come in for the first time to look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's my website. And on that site, you can download hundreds of hours of talks I've given for free. And I tie up many of the loose ends. I try and cut through the disinformation that's put out there deliberately, well-funded, that put you into loops, you know, time loops. And I give you shortcuts to the big reality, which is outside the matrix, the guys that are controlling all of this, this fake reality they've given us. Uh, the ones who teach us were stumbling down through time, and the events happen that are outside their control, and they just react to them on the, on the spot. And that's what you're supposed to believe right now, as the economy is plummeting. As I say, it's by deliberation at the right time, just as 9-11 happens in 2001 at the right time to fit in with the, the new American century policy. This is the century to change the whole world, a hundred years war, they say. And out of that hundred years war, they have a different kind of humanity will emerge at the end of it. Completely different kind of reality and humanity at the end of it. Also look into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download, print up, and pass around to your friends. They're written in the various languages of Europe. And remember, too, you can certainly donate to me or buy my books online. Now, cuttingthroughthematrix.com is the only authorized place to buy these books. Anywhere else, it's a fakir, as they say, from India. And they're generally just ripping you off by inferior products and poor copies, and all the rest of it. But it's amazing how many people, the thousands across the planet, have taken advantage of these bootleggers, because thousands across the planet have read my books, and I certainly didn't sell them to them. I'm sure some of them, mind you, are put out there covertly to cut or pull the rug from under your feet. If they can't get you one way, they'll do it economically. And that is a fact, well tried and tested over the years. For the few who do donate, I thank you from the bottom of my heart because there's only the few people over and over who keep me going to get this information out. And the only reason I'm doing it is in the vain hope, very vain hope, that there are those out there whom I'll spare the agony of trying to break through into consciousness as they follow all the red herrings that are placed in front of them the intelligence service calls it the circus. The circus is counterintelligence where they put out the spaceman and those who push the drugs for altered experiences and the Anunnaki and all of that nonsense to keep you in loops. Loops and loops and loops forever. And it works very well. It's psychological warfare, well-funded, and they groom the people to be heroes to lead the sheep across the moors up the hill and over the edge of 
a cliff. Old techniques. Because money is no object to those who rule the world. And they can hire and train as many as they want to do their bidding. They're all out there. So that's what they call it, the circus. There's also lots of talk shows they put up there with their out-of-body experiences. And you can become God and all that kind of stuff. And they talk about ghosts. And in the rap in the conspiracy. And then fact is mixed with fiction and fantasy. And you're in the circus with all the bizarre music, the bizarre clowns, and the lion tamers. But always the adoring public. Like you mystified. I'll be back with more after this break.
that it used to take them. Who, are, who is he referring to? It used to take them 70 years to alter society in, a, in a, a increments. It took us 70 years to make a small change. A generation, they called it at that time. 70 years. It says, but now I've got it down with the Pavlovian conditioning in schools that they could literally upgrade the children's thoughts step by step with every intake and, and those who are going out every five years. He says eventually we'll be able to do it continuously every month. So the ones going into kindergarten are getting a month more ahead programming for the future they will be brought up in. That's why it's seamless. It's actually seamless. They know what, what they want to bring in in 40, 50 years' time when those children will be in their 40s or 50s. And they're training them to accept it. We already have a society where children go through metal detectors and get padded down and have guns around them by guys in black gear. All in one generation, and we take it all now for granted. They're trained that being frisked and padded and searched is the normal thing to do. And it's happening across the world, and it started happening across the world again at the same time, which tells you there is coordination between all those who rule the countries. Complete, tight, interwoven organization. The Royal Institute of International Affairs, which really is the biggest organization that puts policy forward for governments to sign into law. The organization that came out of the, the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, which merged with the Lord Alfred Milner Foundation and its Round Table Society, became the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And they brought up their non-British uh, stems of it, or cells, they call it, as the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations. That's what you have in the States. But they did more than that. You see, they wanted to get revolution started across the world. And they trained them. And it's so interesting to see Mazzini again, who was the, the Scottish writer Freemasonry Pope, who took over from Albert Pike, who created the World Revolutionary Society, which changed its name when they brought in Lenin and trained him to the Communist Party. So they're going for the youth in every country, and what the Royal Institute did was to create, by putting spies in and people with mon money to fund them, into the universities and so on, to, to grab the minds of young students across the world. And they had the young Turks, and they were trained to eventually, at the right time in World War I, to cause rebellion within their own country. And they had the young Italians. They had ones for... for Hungary and the Baltic countries. In fact, it was a young Turk who was studying over there who killed the Archduke Ferdinand and kicked off World War I. Whatever happens, you can trace back to the same organization. So to get the minds of the children is always the big thing. Get the youth going in it. Here's an article from Google News. Uh, and it's from AFP, I think it says. The Google's, Google had it up one day ago. It says, the U.S. Uh, State Department announced plans on Monday to promote online youth groups as a new and powerful way to fight crime. 
political oppression and terrorism. Drawing inspiration from a movement against, it's called, a, it's called FARC, which is kind of like a farce. It says, farce rebels in Colombia. The State Department is joining forces with Facebook, Google, MTV, Howcast, and others in New York City next week to get the ball rolling. It said 17 groups from South Africa, Britain, and the Middle East, which have an online presence like the Million Voices Against the FARC, will attend a conference at Columbia University Law School from December the 3rd to the 5th. So it's on right now. Observers from seven organizations that do not have an online presence, such as groups from Iraq and Afghanistan, will attend. They will also be remote participants from Cuba. They will forge an alliance of youth movements. And I've just been talking about the young, the young rebel movements, the young revolutionary movements that were funded actually from London, from the most powerful organization that was backed by royalty and aristocracy of London and Europe. And he used the same hand again. I can smell it. Same hand again. They will forge an alliance of youth movements, said James Glassman, Under Secretary of State for Public Diplomacy. The idea is put all these people together, share best practices, produce a manual that will be accessible online in print to any group that wants to build a youth empowerment organization to push back against violence and oppression around the world, he told reporters. Now, don't forget that there will be a head, there's always a capstone to the pyramid, who will tell them uh, what is crime. You see, if crime is changing all the time as they add more and more laws. And violence has been reinterpreted to mean many, many, many things, such as, well, I'm offended. You violated me. You offended me. You should go in the subway at Russia or in Toronto, where people eat lots of garlic and stuff. And it comes out of various orifices, I guess, for all the victims of crime, when you think about it. So the conference will be streamed by MTV and Howcast, he said. List of organizations due to attend include the Burma Global Action Network. See, there's all non-governmental organizations that did not start themselves up. These companies don't start these things up. They have no funding. The funding comes in and the guys with the know-how are sent in. This is a human rights movement spurred into action by the ruling junta's crackdown on monks and other pro-democracy protesters last year. They talk about the Buddhists. You shouldn't be worried because they'll come back again and again and again. There is also Shabab 6 of April, which has emerged as Egypt's largest pro-democracy youth group, and Invisible Children, which spotlights atrocities committed by the Lord's Resistant Army in Uganda, Glassman said. Others include Fight Back, which fights domestic violence in India, the Save Darfur Coalition, as well as One Million Voices Against Crime in South Africa, said Jared Cohen from the Secretary's Policy Planning Staff. And also attending will be, this is a new one from Britain, that, uh, that again, the Royal Institute and all these guys. But remember, too, the Royal Institute of International Affairs at Chatham House in London was also the headquarters for the OSS. Why was it the headquarters? Because it was one and the same organization. The OSS became MI6 and the CIA. And they always have two segments to every revolutionary group. They have the ones that were officials, spokesmen, and so on. You might say militarized type. And then you always have the vast amount of them who work amongst society as civilians in civilian capacity. 
So that's one thing that's going on, going for the children, getting them ready for the world they'll be brought up in, and they'll turn on the parents and everyone else because rioting parents who are maybe starving will be obviously criminals. And at the start of the show, I mentioned how nothing happens by chance. They pulled the plug on the economy at the right time. I'd read about six months before that from the chairman of the Federal Reserve that the next time, uh, rather than pump billions of dollars into the stock market to make the American companies look better, he wasn't going to do it the next time. So he already knew back then we were going to let it fall. It's on cue, on time, and there's a reason for it. Back with more after this break. and we're scared of losing, 
and they've planned to upgrade their system. That's what we're going through now. And as I say, nothing happens by chance. They were doing practice drills on terrorism in the 1990s, suddenly across the U.S. and Canada, even in a little spud town that I was living in at the time. And I thought, well, what's going on? The Soviet threat is gone. Supposedly we're all friends again. The bad bears are doing a dance for, for his masters. And everything's hunky-dory, and here they are doing all these practices. They never did this during the Cold War. When they were telling us we're going to get nuked all the time, another big farce, you see. And I saw what was coming down. I, I came from Britain. I knew how Britain worked. It's a prototype for the world. In fact, the UN said that their system would be based with, with the British Empire as the nucleus to build upon a world empire, a global society. So whatever happens in Britain follows suit very quickly across the world, even more so now that before they'd wait three or four months but to pass the same laws elsewhere. Now they do it the same week. Because they're all on board. You know, the pirates love to be on board. And they have planks to everything, like they're planks to the manifestos and so on. That's from the ship too, you see. Mail Online says here, Big Brother police to get wartime power to demand ID in the street on pain of sending you to jail. By James Slack, 3rd of December 2008. State officials are to be given powers previously reserved for times of war to demand a person's proof of identity at any time. Anybody who refuses the Big Brother demand could face arrest and a possible prison sentence. The new rules come in legislation unveiled in today's Queen's speech. The Queen gave a speech, you see, and put her little crown on, and her little that necklace they wear with all their Masonic symbols in it, and made her decree. It's like they've made decrees for a thousand years back in Britain. This strange democracy that has this ruling monarchy who are unelected on top of it. So the Queen's speech says they are presented as a crackdown on illegal immigration, but lawyers say they could be applied to anybody who has ever been outside the UK, even on holiday. Actually, it'll apply to everyone. The civil rights group Liberty, which analysed clauses from the new Immigration and Citizenship Bill, called them an attempt to introduce compulsory ID cards by the back door. Well, of course it is. They tried to do this back in 98 in Britain. And there actually were crowds scattered outside Parliament protesting it and said no. And it's, it's literally the ID with the chip in it and all the rest of it. These guys won't change their minds. They planned that probably 20, 30 years ago. It says the move would effectively take Britain back to the Second World War when people were stopped and asked to show their papers. Liberty said powers to examine identity documents previously thought to apply only at ports of entry will be extended to criminalise anyone in Britain who has ever left a country and fails to produce identity papers upon demand. And I'll back with the real part of the story after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Time Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. And what a matrix it is. This article that I'm reading from, talking about identity papers in Britain, is for everyone to be checked in the streets, because how else are they going to know who's recently been out the country or in the country? And I talked a few weeks ago about how they extended the rights of the same thing to be happening in the U.S. Because literally, the, the customs now officials, the put under customs, have 100 miles inside the border, any border, where they can stop and search with impunity. Anyone they want. So here they have, say they're doing it in Britain. It's too hard to do it in Britain with 100 miles because it's not such wide a country, you see, in some places. So they passed this bill from the Queen, no less. And when she speaks, you better listen. They used to chop your heads off in public. It says, we believe that the catch-all remit of this power is disproportionate and that its enactment could only damage community relations but represent a fundamental shift in the relationship between the state and those present in the UK. No kidding. One broadly drafted clause would permit checks on anyone who has ever entered the UK, whether recently or years earlier. Now, they don't walk around these people with a card saying, I've recently been outside the country. So that means that anyone is fair game. Officials who could, police, who could be police or immigration officers will be able to stop anyone to establish if they need permission to be here, if they have it, and whether it should be cancelled. And it's quite amazing. There's no reasonable cause or suspicion is required and checks can be carried out in country, not just at borders. And so it's anywhere in the country. The law would apply to British citizens. Of course it will, because it's all about totalitarianism. It's nothing to do. See, they're using all these excuses for a, a wartime scenario. Remember what the Club of Rome said? And they were the ones who, who had the job of dreaming up the global warming scam, but they also had the job of finding a way to unite the planet under a wartime scenario. Now, what, what does a wartime scenario have? You have rationing. You have ID cards. You have random checks all over the place. You have police and military with totalitarian powers. That's what it's all about. So they must have all of these things working in, as it, in any other war. It says, um, the law would apply to British citizens and foreign nationals, according to Liberty's lawyers. Only people who would be exempt are the tiny minority who have never been abroad on holiday or business. And, or, I guess holiday or business, eh? A second clause says that people who are stopped must produce a valid identity document if required to do so by the Secretary of State. Failure to do so would be a criminal offence with a maximum penalty of 51, I know it's 52 weeks in jail, eh? 51 weeks in jail or a £5,000, that's a $10,000 fine, probably both. Currently, police are allowed to ask for identity documents only if there is a reasonable suspicion that a person has committed an offence. During the Second World War, ID cars were seen as a way of protecting the nation from Nazi spies. But in 1952, Winston Churchill's government decided they were not needed in peacetime. They were thought to be hindering the police because so many people resented being asked to produce them. Liberty Director Shani Chakrabarti said last night, sneaking a compulsory identity cards via the back door of immigration law is a cynical escalation of this expensive and intrusive scheme. And that's all it is. You see, they're using immigration as a right to stop everyone. Well, they've already got that in the States, or really already, under the same guise that anyone could be a terrorist. 
Tory spokesman, as Conservative spokesman Damien Green said, the scheme will do nothing to improve the security and make it worse and will certainly land the taxpayers with a multi-million bill. Well, who cares about that, eh? <laughs> Labour should concentrate on things that will improve our security, like a dedicated border police force. But the Queen also went on about other things. Uh, banking bill to avoid repeat of financial crisis and protect savers at heart of Brown's plan to fight the recession. See how they're all fighting for you, all these guys? That's what politicians are for. They, got, they fight for you. I think it was one of the U.S. founding fathers that said when Congress sits, everyone should be scared and grab their wallets because that's what government's all about, you see. But from the Queen, no less, it's, it's, it's a 21st century. He's a queen coming out, giving the go-ahead, signing her royal name to it, to the bill, and everything in Britain must be signed by the queen. You, you think this is the Norman times? It, it's not much different, really. They use more camouflage today, but uh, it's the same thing. So, this this all still ties in with how they get to politicians who do try to have some integrity. Article from the BBC, 28th November 2008. Cross-party fewer over MPs arrest. Cameron, in our democracy, I I do not think that what has happened is right. Liberal Democrats have called Shadow Immigration Minister Damien Green's arrest a mayday warning for democracy amid cross-party anger on, over the move. Mr. Green was arrested. Now they're going for some politicians. This is the police state in action, you see. This is for every other politician who, who has maybe the thought of possible, maybe a little steel in his spine to say something to the public. This is a warning for them. Mr. Green was arrested, held for nine hours, and had his two homes and offices searched by police investigating alleged leaks from the home office. Conservative leader David Cameron called the police operation alarming and said the government had questions to answer, but the home office said ministers were not informed until after the arrest. Democracy in danger, Mr. Cameron, London Mayor Boris Johnson, and Common Speaker Michael Martin were all informed about the raids. But Downing Street insisted ministers had not been given advance warning and Prime Minister Gordon Brown said it was purely a police matter. Now, this is the Prime Minister saying it was a purely a police matter. And who they went after was a guy who had let out what was already supposedly for the public domain to warn the public about certain things. He didn't steal stuff and say things that were not supposed to be known. There's two ways to do it. You see, the stuff that's supposed to be in the public domain and it's stamped that way, they just never shove it out there. That's the same with the NATO plan. They've all signed all the NATO countries to nuke their own people or, or shoot them to try to leave infected, contaminated areas in warfare or use CS gas on them if they move in big numbers. It's supposed to be available to the public. It says so on record. You can't find a copy. The Man Alive team had to send off to the government for one, and most of it was blanked out. So here's a, here's a politician trying to warn the people and do his job 
And so they taught him a big lesson. And, and the lessons for everyone, you know, this is going to happen to you. Because, you see, they didn't use the police to arrest him. They used the anti-terrorist squads. You see? It says, Nick Clegg said the arrest was a May warning for democracy in Britain. This is something you might expect from a tin pot dictatorship, but not in a modern democracy, he said. Given the culture of extraordinary secrecy in Whitehall, he's always, always have a White House or a White Hall, you know. Rome had one too. It was getting harder to hold the government to account, and opposition MPs had a constitutional duty to keep ministers on their toes, he added. He called on Gordon Brown to rule out any further use of anti-terrorism powers in cases that have nothing to do with terrorism. Although the Metropolitan Police stressed the arrest was made under the Police and Criminal Evidence Act and not under terror legislation. The Met said some counter-terrorism officers were involved because they were the most appropriate to carry out such an operation. But David Cameron attacked the heavy-handed way in which it took nine officers to make the arrest and search the premises. And Damien Green says, I emphatically deny that anything wrong. If they want to talk to Damien Green, why not pick up the telephone and ask to talk to him? He said, I think this is extraordinary that it's so heavy-handed and done in this way, said Mr. Cameron. What do they think about in Britain today? Counter-terrorism police are spending their time searching an MP's office, arresting him, holding him for nine hours, all on a day when British citizens are being killed on the other side of the world, and all because, as far as I can see, he made a public statement. He made public some information that was in the public interest that the government found uncomfortable. Well, let's hope that our democracy hasn't come to that. Well, unfortunately, it has. Shadow Home Secretary Dominic Grieve released a list of more than 50 questions he said the government had to answer about the arrest, including when ministers and officials were told about it. Sir David Normington, the top civil servant at the Home Office, said he had taken the decision to, to ask for police help in identifying the source of a series of leaks of sensitive information over an extended period because the leaks had risked undermining the effective operation of my department. The police investigation led to a, to a junior member of the Home Office being arrested on 19th of November and subsequently suspended from duty, Sir David said Sir David in a statement. What are the revelations are on about the November 2007 revelation that the Home Secretary knew the Security Industry Authority had granted licenses to 5,000 illegal workers but decided not to publicize it? I'll say that again, so you know. In the, the November 2007 revelation that the Home Secretary knew the Security Industry Authority, the authorities, his government, had, gra had granted licenses to 5,000 illegal workers but decided not to publicize it. Why didn't they want it publicized? Because, you see, they know that this whole anti-terrorism thing is a complete sham. That's, there's no anti, there's, there's nothing to do with terrorism. Or these illegal workers wouldn't have been given permits. You see? This is a whip's list of potential labor rebels in the vote on plans to increase the pre-charged terror detention limit to 42 days. He let that out the bag. 
A letter from the Home Secretary warning that a recession could lead to a rise in crime. I've got the article here where this particular politician said that. He says, probably for the first time in his admission, he says, of course, he says, unemployment and recession will definitely lead to a rise in crime. Before, they've always said, oh, no, it's just the criminal mind who will do that. No matter how bad things are, how much you're starving, it just doesn't happen. He's what we always have known anyway, getting released. As fact. But that's not all that's going on. That's not all that's going on. UK's climate change bill, this is from, this is from the BBC, Tuesday, 25th November. UK's climate change bill, which commits future governments to, put, to cut CO2 emissions by 80% from 1990 levels by 2050, Remember they mentioned by 2035, 2050, the population will drastically decline, so you won't be breathing. That's why it'll be, you know, that's our target. It's about to receive, again, royal assent. You'll get royal assent from the Queen. But at what cost? Peter Lilly MP asks, why ministers failed to mention that the legislation could cost each family in Britain, in the UK, up to £10,000. That's $20,000 each. Can you spare £10,000 for a good cause? The government thinks she can, despite the recession. And Parliament passed the Climate Change Bill, which is set to receive sort of blah, blah, blah. Anyway, money, money, money. And the spending programs are going to be £200 billion in in recession. That's that's the money they hope to rake in for this thing, to put into the black holes. They throw money at the sky, you know, just throw dollars at the sky and it'll magically cure it. Well, enough of the Pharisees. Let's go to the caller, and we've got Z from New York. Are you there, Z? Hello? Hi, Alan. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, thanks for taking my call, man. Uh, how are you? I'm trying to keep up the snow. <laughs> Other than the snow, yeah. Are you hanging in there okay, you know? I, I'm, I, I, well, I'm rushed off my feet. You wouldn't believe what I do in a day, yeah. Uh, I bet you got to run everywhere. Too. It's like, hey, by the way, uh, hopefully my uh, letter is going to get through soon, so I just dropped something in the mail for you. So I appreciate that. Appreciate oh, you're that. welcome. No problem. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, I had a, I had a question for you. Yeah. So you had a you have a pirate problem. Um, yeah. As far, well, I'm talking about the Somali pirates who are actually uh, you know mm-hmm. taking over ships. Well, yeah. guess what the solution is? Mm. <laughs> Blackwater. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I read that. I read that. I saw that article, and how they're basically uh, Blackwater's out, uh, outfitted some ship as a warship, and they're sending yep. them in to, to do the job, the cleaning up job. Which means, of course, that, it, that it's going to be um, a free hand. They don't have to answer to any any commission at the UN or anything. They just blast them all at the water and machine gun them in the water, and that's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the new freedom, new uh, new everything, like you said. I saw some, yes, you don't uh, have to follow the Geneva Convention. People realize that the, the private armies don't follow any Geneva Convention. Yeah, there is no more posse comitatus in the U.S., and it's completely been scrapped because they're sending back troops now and uh, putting them in action here. Yes. And also there is a, there is a new uh, – uh, well, they're trying to pass these new laws where if you get into a car accident or a crash, they're going to charge you for the, the fee, basically, for getting the cops and firefighters over Oh, I see. I just wanted to mention those things. Thanks for doing a great job, man. Uh, take care, you know? 
thanks for calling. Right, it, it just shows you though, crime pays, eh? Crime pays. Not, not the crook though, or, or, the, or the victim, I should say. But uh, it certainly pays the establishment that uh, runs it. But getting back to this, this uh, £10,000, $20,000 per family climate change bill, it says the legislation builds future British governments to introduce unilaterally, even if other countries do not follow suit, which they will, by the way, massive spending programs which would cost about £200 billion. It's amazing. Are they worried about a recession at the top? It's like the military in the U.S. and Canada. They're just spending billions of dollars on all the little toys they want brought into action and all these new drones and, and mini drones and the ones that look like birds that can fly around cities and snoop and all that. A wish list for children. Two hundred billion pounds, eh? See, I'm not talking about rescuing the banks. That involved loans, which we should eventually get back. Well, that'll never come back. That's last I've seen the loans. They're grants. So this is real money and taxes and lost incomes. Money you will never see again. The bank rescue was to save the economy. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Nothing at all. This is to save the planet. Save the planet. Costing the earth. Hold on, I hear you exclaim. No one asked if we could afford 10,000 pounds. We haven't heard anything about a 200 billion pound package. That's enormous. That's right. It is enormous. And you didn't hear anything about it. That's a scandal. That's a scandal. They just put it through and kept their mouths shut. Back in a moment after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watford, cutting through the matrix and all this deception that we live in is presented as official reality. And that's the key to it, it's official reality. You'll soon be tested like George Orwell talked about to see if you believe in the official reality. They've been spraying the skies for ages and years. In fact, the U.S. military, and I've read the article before, said they'd own the skies shortly in a few years. Well, when they said it, they already had about owning the weather. They'd own the weather. Well, they do own the weather. Massive tests going on. Thousands of birds falling out of the sky in Australia. And, it, and of course, all these experts are stumped, eh? And then, then whales galore beach themselves in Australia. The one thing they've got in common is they're guided by small radio ELF-type waves, the same waves they use in harp experimentation. And they do have a base there at Pine Gap, Australia, run by the U.S., that's why the whales beach themselves. They're following the signal. They think it's a normal signal of the Earth. It's not. They use them for submarines, too. But now they're using it over the surface, and thousands and thousands and thousands of birds dropping from the sky and having convulsions. They're also spraying us like blazes. And here's another article you should look into, and I'll try and bust through it very quickly here. United States Code, States Code. Title 50, War and National Defense, Chapter 32, Chemical and Biological Warfare Program. Listen to how it's worded and think, think very carefully. Section 1520, Restrictions on Use of Human Subjects for Testing of Chemical or Biological Agents. Sounds nice, doesn't it? And prohibited areas, and it goes on about prohibitive, etc., etc., how they can't use for testing on the public. It says, subject to subsections C, D, and E of this section, the prohibition in subsection A of this section does not apply to 
to a test or experiment carried out for any of the following purposes. So here's the exclusion, you see. Any peaceful purpose that is related to a medical, therapeutic, pharmaceutical, agricultural, industrial, or research activity. Look how broad that is. Peaceful purpose, eh? It makes you all calm, doesn't it? All that dope we're breathing in. Any purpose that is directly related to a protection against toxic chemicals or biological weapons and agents. Any law enforcement purpose, very important one, including any purpose related to riot control. They can spray the whole skies if they want for law enforcement. Do you understand how it's termed and how these guys use words? What are they talking about? A peaceful planet, a peaceful planet, a global society, a peaceful global society. Any law enforcement purpose. And he goes on to double speak again about different things and all the rest of it. They can test it out, even for experimental purposes. As long as they put that down, they can doze the blazes out to you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Zilch. When the MP, the Member of Parliament for Sudbury, went with Dr. Scott to the Canadian Parliament in Ottawa to complain about all the spraying that was going on over the skies in Canada, in Parliament, the Department of Defence chiefs got up and says, we don't have to answer that question for reasons of national security. Cough, cough. That's democracy in action, folks. And we all know what's coming down, and it's coming down quick. From a very snowy night in Canada, where I've already scraped the snow off my satellite on the roof. From Hamish myself, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.